G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As the lockdown continues in states like Victoria and all of the states and territories have some restrictions in one form or another, and then there's the economic crisis looming large for all of us, we recognise these are challenging times. We have an interesting mix here in Australia, don't we, where some who still have jobs, have avoided COVID infection, who live in a state where sometimes things are feeling relatively normal for now, you may not be feeling the same impact of these challenging times, but others, on the other hand, are feeling the pressure. Rising anxiety, even hopelessness, can overtake us because the future looks uncertain. And when combined with hard times, our own insecurities our shaky personal relationships, our job security, our inability to visit loved ones because of lockdowns and dealing with unforeseen change can send us into a tailspin. We might take heart that the Christian gospel was introduced into a very uncertain time in the history of the world, the first century, where when we read of Jesus himself suffering hardships, and then there's the insults, the threats, the false accusations, injustice, and the eventual execution at the hands of people that he came to save. A conversation today about the power of the gospel when things look hopeless. Stu Miller is our special guest today. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim and passionate about helping us all to understand the gospel and engage with those, especially those, who don't go to church. Stu Miller... Special welcome back to 2020. Great to be back, Neil. Stu, there's a big dichotomy here. There are some who are feeling the pressure Mm. and some who are going, what's all this pressure about? And uh, it's an interesting mix here in Australia. I mean, I've spoken to people in Western Australia and they're saying, we wouldn't even know anything was any different to normal. Mm. Uh, there are those who are going to be in zones in every state and territory where there's been no COVID and life gets disrupted and all the news headlines are very strange looking, but somehow other things don't feel so bad. But then you get into some suburban areas yep. in Melbourne, in fact, all over Melbourne, where people are under quite a severe lockdown yes. uh, and feeling the anxiety, feeling the isolation, feeling mm. the you know, the hand of Big Brother, uh, you know, Absolutely. heavy on them. Uh, yes. So we've got this, it's a big mix of different people in different different times. Yes, absolutely. And, um, yeah, th- there will definitely be some people um, who are in a state that the only real restriction is a, a border that they can't cross. And if they're, they're not planning on going anywhere or doing any overseas trips or traveling interstate, then life is carrying on as normal. What's the big deal here? But uh, certainly if you've got a, a life that your work or uh, recreation requires you to go further than your border or overseas, um, if you've got um, 
uh, if, if we're in a state that's locked down like Melbourne, you will be feeling it a lot more than others. So uh, it's interesting the way people are responding and, and you know, the, the, the financial push is there, the crunch is there, and it's and it's still coming, as we know, because, mm. uh, you know, September, October is, is when everything, you know, a lot of these government handouts are starting to finish and, and uh, the requirement for mortgages are going to have to start to be repaid back and that sort of thing. I'm not actually sure on the latest on the mortgages whether they're going to be extended or not, but uh, there's, there's pressure coming and uh, some people are really feeling it in the wallet. And so, yeah. So um, I'm even a little confused how our conversation might be received by listeners today. Some are going mm. to be saying, what are Neil and Stu talking about? Are they talking to the people who aren't suffering hardship or are they talking to the people who are suffering hardship? Because those who are suffering hardship, and we're talking not just inside the church, but those who are outside the church, what's happening in their lives, and what about the power of the gospel? Sometimes we think that conversations we have are just about you know, how Christians are processing things, sure. but how are those who are outside of the church processing things that we might need some extra insight on? Uh, mm. We are talking to everyone in some sense today. Absolutely, and and the Christian perspective, of course, is that regardless of the circumstances, God is good. Regardless of what's going on, Paul says, you know, and and you know, we, when he's been had plenty, and when he's in, been in want. His grace is sufficient for me. And that's got to be our attitude as Christians, that we rely on God, we trust him, regardless of the circumstances. He doesn't change. And the great thing about knowing Jesus is he's our rock. He's our fortress. We can stand upon him. He can't be moved. You know, like the, the society can change, but Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But for a non-Christian, like you say, there's, there's a lot lot of things going on. And I think this is a, a wonderful opportunity for us as Christians to be able to bring that stability, to bring that hope, even in the midst of, of crisis or in the midst of a desperate situation that some people are finding themselves in, and say there is hope through Jesus Christ, and you can have that hope too. I love the expression, God is good. Uh, and in some sense, you know, when we talk about an evangelism message, oftentimes we're talking about a presentation of the gospel, and we'll talk mm. about that. Sure. But the expression that comes from our lips and the demonstration of our life that comes from, really, it's a heart, an internal thing, mm-hmm. uh, illustrates that God is good. And the goodness of God, when we're understanding that, gives us a sense of optimism. So we're yes. actually in a very strong position as Christian believers who believe that God is good, even though there are tough times here. Absolutely. And I think we can display that in our lives, um, even walking around and giving someone a smile. There's a, there's a lot of gloomy people around at the moment, and uh, particularly if you're in, in Melbourne or places where things are a bit more severe, uh, people are going to wonder, why are you smiling? What, 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 is, what is there to smile about? For some people, their whole world has crashed. And I guess, Neil, for those particularly who have lost their jobs or particularly business owners who have spent 10, 20, 30 years building up a business and then have lost it, they feel like their whole life has been taken away from them. And, and I guess if our identity is in who we, you know, and what we do, uh, you know, or, you know, our position or title, then we feel like, you know, this is why the rate of suicides going wide up, and rate of, of mental illnesses are going right up because people's identity often is not in who they are, but in what they do. And as Christians, we know who we are. We're, we're a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, a, a child of the Creator of the universe. 
that you know if I lose my job or if, if circumstances change or my bank balance goes down to zero it doesn't change who I am and it doesn't change you know <laughs> my life I can still smile God is still good it reminds me of those ads you see on TV. Uh, you'll, you'll know these, and listeners will identify with these. Uh, you know, the ads for superannuation companies, yes. uh, where you've got two people, and, you know, here's Bob and here's Mick, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they work in the same job, and they're paying, you know, the same, they pay the same amount of money, yep. uh, but then you've got the, uh, you know, the dollars at the bottom of the screen. Uh, one's going up higher than the other because one's a member of this superannuation fund and, uh, and the other one isn't. That's right. Uh, so there's a certain certain sense here, if you could contrast and you say uh, there's the Christian and there's the non-Christian, mm-hmm. they're both working the same mm-hmm. job, living in the same suburb, uh, yes. perhaps on the same salary, and mm-hmm. maybe they're married with two kids, uh, you know, the same, same thing here. Mm. But one has their identity in their personal possessions and in the job that they have, the position that they hold. The other one has their identity first in Christ. That's right. Uh, there's something here. Give us your insights. In the, you know, if I give an illustration like that, what are your thoughts for the difference it makes to have Jesus in your life? Oh, it makes a massive difference. It's the whole way that you see the world, the whole way that your your outlook, your your attitude, your emotions, everything is tied up in, in understanding who you are and your your understanding and your worldview of where you, you, you are placed in the universe. If you know that you are loved by the creator of the universe, that you're made with purpose, with reason, that you're here for a reason, that you, you're intrinsically loved regardless of what you do or how much money you got in your bank account, you, you have a security in that no one can strip that away from you no circumstances can change that but if you're if you're that 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 uh, person with the two kids and the family same scenario but haven't got that security don't know Jesus Christ uh, and your your life is wrapped up in how much money you have or what job you have or don't have now uh, your whole world can come crashing in and that's a that's a desperate situation uh, and one that we need to be on the ball with as Christians to, to look out to ask people if they're okay, you know, to check in and uh, and share the good news of Jesus because we have real hope, real tangible difference that can make in people's lives. And evidence that this is biting in Australia mm. where the government is pouring in tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars mm. into uh, mental health resources. What that yes. means is mm-hmm. people who are... Uh, going over the edge, uh, anxiety uh, is gripping their lives, their families, uh, all sorts of things are falling to pieces. So mm. the evidence is there that yes. this is what's happening to families today. Mm. And there'll be Christians who are affected by that as well. So I, I was thinking that as well, Neil. <laughs> I know. And, uh, and but So when we've got the situation where there's evidence that this is happening, and a lot of people will be saying, you know what, I do have this peace of God. Mm. I do have this optimism because... Because I have this hope that is within me, sure. uh, and I recognise that somehow or other it's not going to be all about me. But everybody, when I'm at church or whenever I'm around conversations like that, people are talking to me, so they make it all about me, not about what everyone else is feeling right now. So there's got to be a, a bridge between the two, mm. a bridge between the believer mm. and the non-believer who is going through a really tough time. That's right. And I know you like to talk about even the idea of a crisis in the church, Mm. that when you recognize your own personal assurance, your own personal salvation, somehow Mm. or other you've got to be able to lift your eyes up and see that someone else is over there and you've got to be equipped Mm. to communicate that. What are your thoughts here for 
for how we talk one person to another in mm. these critical times. Oh, I think that uh, these are un- unprecedented times. Now, that's bandied around a lot, I know, but for a Christian, uh, we have an opportunity here to, to reach people who maybe would never be open to being reached before, because Often, and, and you look at, I, I just think of the Old Testament, Neil, where you, the, the children of Israel, when everything was going splendidly, you know, everything was going well, they turned away from God. They said, no, we've, we're affluent. We've got it all. We've got our vineyards and our animals and we've got everything's going well for us. And they turned away from God and they went their own way and they trusted in themselves. But it wasn't long until the hand of God and his blessing was removed off Israel after the prophets came in and said, repent. And they didn't repent. And he said, all right, I'm not going to protect you anymore. Enemies came in, overtook them. They ended up slaves or being oppressed. And then they realized their need of God and they cried out for God. And it's like a constant cycle that keeps happening. Now, for a lot of people, when everything's going well, they're affluent, the job's going well, everything's all right. I don't need God. I don't need Jesus. You just keep your religion to yourself. They're just not even open to looking at at it. They're like, just, hey, don't push your religion on me. But when a situation like this arises and their world starts crashing in and the very foundation that they're resting on, which is not secure, it's sand, the Bible talks, Jesus talks about, you know, the sand and the rock. We stand on the rock uh, of Jesus. But if they're standing on sand and it starts to pour away from them, it's in these times that we can speak into their lives and people are more open to hearing about Jesus. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Our special guest this hour is Stu Miller, the founder of Train to Proclaim, passionate about helping us all understand the gospel and engage with those who don't go to church. And I suspect, Stu, a conversation that we're having today talks about the real strength and value that comes in this gospel message because Mm. it's not just an intellectual exercise of taking someone through a sinner's prayer and all of a sudden, ah, well, now you're part of the family, (laughs) all right? So there's there's something deep and powerful about the gospel message. And, you know, the original gospel message was all about this issue of redemption, of being Mm. set free from the chains of slavery. Uh, That's meaningful to us today when we're facing tough times. Absolutely. This message, like you say, it's, it makes a tangible difference in our lives. It's not just, you know, it's a ticket to heaven, you know, when we die. It makes a difference in this life as well. And uh, the, God, the power of the gospel is so uh, important. I mean, some people might be thinking, well, what, what's so powerful about this message? What, what have I got to share as a Christian? Well, the fact that every single one of us on this planet have been created by a loving God, but a holy God, one that we're going to stand before, uh, and be judged one day, one that is is requiring us to to live by his standards and not our own. And every single one of us, <laughs> none of us can make that standard. All of us have broken his laws. We've we've lied, we've cheated, we've hated, we've stolen. We struggle with pride and lust and greed. And if we're honest with ourselves, every one of us feels guilty when we we compare ourselves with God's standards. But in his love, God sent Jesus Christ to come to earth to pay the punishment for everything that I've done wrong and you've done wrong. And that is a beautiful message of redemption. I love that word redemption that you said because because there's there's hope. Uh, God didn't just leave us in our sin and, and, and leave us separated from him. He loves us. He wants relationship with us. And he sent Jesus to come and die on the cross, 
paying the punishment, doing what we could never do. There's no amount of works I could do. There's nothing I could say. There's no amount of money I can put into the church or into charity or, or amount of time that can ever absolve my sins, You know, take away the things that I've done wrong. But Jesus has done that by dying on the cross, making that way possible. And if we're prepared to come humbly before God and say, I'm sorry, I accept what Jesus did on the cross. I put my trust in him. I surrender my life to him. I want to follow you from now on and live life your way. The beautiful promise of the word of God is that he promises us forgiveness and eternal life. And that is an incredible message of hope that we have to offer people in the world today. There's another old saying, we're all in this together. And while there is this transaction that happens when we respond to the gospel, Mm. Uh, that happens on the internal person, uh, you know, the changed from within idea. Uh, that doesn't mean that we are then uh, outside of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And we find ourselves suffering the same setbacks often uh, that people who are outside the church suffer. So it's mm. not like uh, every circumstance has changed. Yes, we believe in miracles. Yes, we believe that God will do good things in mm. our obedience mm. to him. But uh, we might be a Christian, uh, might have lost our job, uh, might be even our relationships and our family on the rocks, mm. challenging times that we're not immune from. And yet we recognize here, Stu, that as we take our faith seriously, we realize that others are watching our lives as well to mm. see what this, what the gospel does to make a difference in the life of the individual. This is an interesting one to, to maybe we'll touch on this. What are your thoughts? Uh, absolutely. If you've been told by uh, anyone in the church or by a Christian that you know, if you come to Jesus, all your problems are going to be over, that you're going to be healthy and wealthy and there's, you're not going to have any more issues in life, well, it's just not true. <laughs> it's a lie. Uh, every one of us are going to have circumstances that are going to hit us, whether you're a Christian or not. And people are experiencing that right at this moment. Uh, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain going on. And life, unfortunately, is full of pain and suffering. And it's about, well, it's not that, that it's not going to happen when you become a Christian. It's just that you've got a God who understands, has walked in our shoes 2,000 years ago. Jesus came as a man and walked on the earth. He knows what it's like to be in our situation. He's And we can ask him to help us through that situation. He will walk with us through that situation. So knowing Jesus doesn't take away all our problems, but it certainly has someone uh, who's very powerful, <laughs> can intervene in our lives and can help us through uh, this journey. Let's take a call. Our talkback lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Graham's on the line in Tasmania. Hi, Graham. Welcome. Hello. Uh, Look, God himself, the Almighty, is shaking the world for the Christians and for Gentiles. He's saying, look, wake up, wake up. You ignored me, you're doing this, you're doing that. And especially those Christian nations that know have rejected God. And these things have come upon us for us to turn to God. And they're not going to go away until he wants them to go away. And uh, Isaiah says in chapter 1, Hear, O heaven, hear, O earth. Hear, O Israel. Now, people these days have heard about God. Now, we have rejected God. Uh, 
Second Thessalonians, no, second verse or chapter says there'll be a, a falling away, a falling away from God's word, a rejecting of it. And the man uh, of sin will be revealed. Graham, good thoughts in that. Let's pick up on this idea of a shaking. And uh, listeners will have heard this concept being talked about on this program before. God bringing a shaking, uh, a wake-up call uh, that, you know, God has allowed circumstances to overtake us. Uh, Sometimes those things are hard to process. Uh, Your thoughts here for Graham Stew. Um, I agree with you, Graham. I think that God is speaking to his church, and I think it has been a massive wake-up call for us. Um, I think as a church, sometimes we can just, you know, we can go to go to church every week, we can sing the songs, we can smile, we can say hello, and we think everything's rosy, and, and we're not really all that motivated about the mission that God's called us here on earth. And I think that at the moment we're starting to go, hey, <laughs> everything's not rosy. <laughs> Life isn't, you know, as it is. There's been a big shake-up, and we're starting to think, well, what is actually important in life? What is the things that we are actually called to do? And I believe that God is calling and reaching out to his church and saying, wake up, reach out, share the gospel. You've got a mission to do here. You're not just to, you know, your your mission isn't just to go to church every week and and a Bible study during the week. (laughs) We've got a purpose for being here. Graham in Tasmania, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. Some comments coming through on our Facebook question today. Susan says, why aren't we as Christians allowed to grieve or mourn or be sad when things go wrong? Why are we expected to put on a fake smile just because we're Christians? Sometimes I feel non-Christians are more understanding than Christians. Now, there's an interesting one, and uh, <laughs> get 30 seconds for a response here, Stu, because we're going to news. I, I think she's right. Uh, I think we need to be a lot more authentic and real in, the, in our responses. I mean, we feel pain as well. We're going through suffering as well. Uh, even though we've got Jesus helping us through it, it doesn't mean that we're not struggling. And we need the support of others, and we need to let them know that we're struggling so they can pray and support us as well okay so this idea of being an authentic individual Mm. and not living somehow a uh, a, a hypocritical Mm. existence with a fake smile Mm. being real but uh, in all of that being able to communicate the hope that we have in christ Uh, we'll take some calls in just a few moments but Stu, uh, just to draw some attention here to a scripture from the book of romans chapter 5 And it's about Christians being people of hope, uh, able to rejoice even in times when there is suffering. And the scripture reads this, and I'll get your comment. Uh, And so Paul says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Those are mighty words, aren't they? They are mighty words. And those, uh, you know, suffering often is uh, a very key thing 
to bring us to become more like Jesus. It's like the instrument of change in our lives that, you know, C.S. Lewis calls it the chisel of change suffering, uh, where, it, you know, it helps. I don't know about you, Neil, but I'm quite thick-skinned, you know, and I might read it in the Bible and I might, you know, hear someone preach about it, but I, sometimes it's not until I have some suffering in my life that God sort of gets through to me and changes me. And so changing to become more like Jesus is a wonderful thing. And suffering helps us to do that. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I don't know that I'd be going out and saying, God, bring the suffering on. Please let me suffer so I can become more like Jesus. Some have that attitude, uh, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm, I'm with you on that. Don't, yeah. don't pray for the suffering no, or the persecution no. to come. But when it does come, it is an opportunity for God to work for good in your life. And we know that God works all things for the good of those who love him and accord according to his purpose. And so we know that God can do this. But, you know, it's, it's not... Not easy, and I and I actually really like what that, that that listener wrote on the Facebook. You know, we need to, you know, do we have to put on a fake smile? No, we don't. We can be authentic, but you know, hopefully, people will see that even though we're suffering and in pain, like everyone else, we have a hope that transcends that. We have a rock that we're standing on that's unmovable, and that we can still be a witness for Christ and still be authentic. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from David in Perth, WA. Hi, David. Welcome. Yes, good morning, Neil. Um, I've got uh, three, three or so points. Just chiming in, um, backing up with what you're saying. Um, yes, it's breaking down, tearing down the armour of our hearts when the um, change happens. Because um, coming from a pre-COVID-19 world, um, I was having horrendous difficulty um, living in sort of a place where there are lots of no care bears in our society. And now um, I've gone through the pain, I've gone through the suffering, I've lost uh, two loved ones in the space of two years, and now I'm living in a place, in, like in WA, but I'm also living in financially a place where I, I'm okay, where previously I was on the verge of being kicked out and becoming homeless. So I'm living in, in a very different place. I've been through my pain. I've been through my suffering. And now it's like as if the COVID-19 is letting everyone else catch up, like as if um, God's saying, well, you, you weren't showing as much compassion. You weren't showing uh, much um, thought to homeless people, those around you, as much as you are now. He's, um, he's stripped away the armour of their hearts is stripped away. David, what I can hear you saying is that uh, a little bit along the lines of what Stu Miller is sharing, this idea that uh, when you are exposed to some level of pain and suffering, in some sense that prepares you. And uh, I can hear in your own life there that what you've gone through, perhaps uh, ahead of many others, might put a little responsibility on your shoulders to be able to speak words of hope, words of life into others and be an encouragement where others are going through that pain. Stu, a quick uh, thought for David? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, our experiences, and particularly those of pain and suffering, um, when others are in, in a similar situation, give us a great platform and an empathy to be able to share. And if we can share, uh, but with hope, not with hopelessness and like, hey, you know, I, I'm still in the same situation because there's, there's no hope to get out of it. Well, there is hope through Jesus Christ, and we can uh, we can offer that hope to people. Uh, David, I know you said you had some po- extra points, but uh, I'll cut you off at the one because there's a bunch of calls coming through. Thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. Sam is on the line from Melbourne. Hi, Sam. Welcome. 
G'day, how are you going? Good, Sam. What are your thoughts? Um, look, I know look, all the things you've said, I, I agree with them 100%, but um, maybe we need to speak to someone who's got uh, like a, an opposition leader or maybe even Matthew Guy who's woken up finally and I rang him and told him that, left a message because they're on fire now because they've seen how dangerous Gain uh, Andrews can be or is in our eyes because he's just taking away our freedom. I mean, I know he's got a job to do and I know it's hard, but I don't agree with his style. I don't agree with his method. So maybe you can, if you don't want to do someone that's political like a Liberal Party, maybe ring lovely Margaret Court. I remember last time you spoke a while ago, she made international news. Use people who are respected, not that you guys aren't, by the way, just someone who um, that your your spread or your message goes outside just the vision Christian radio, that people you know hear it outside just the normal media, not normal Christian media. Yeah. Uh, point taken here, and and uh, so far as you know, involving others, and you know the Victorian opposition leader, of course, is Michael O'Brien. Uh, but uh, talking to political leaders, that's not necessarily where we are at on twenty twenty, as you can hear, because what we're doing is to help to shape that strength of character that comes in the Christian believer. It's like a a sense of discipleship where we can process these thoughts with trusted commentators. And so it's not necessarily the advocacy politically that you might hear on 2020. And, you know, having thought through some of these issues about what we're called to do, what we do best, uh, some of those things might not necessarily happen. But uh, do you have a thought at all for Sam, Stu? Uh, yeah, it's a very, very difficult situation and, and uh, I guess there's a, a number of fights going on on different levels. You know, there there is a one in an elite level where, you know, politicians are, are trying to fight for the, the rights of people's freedoms and, uh, you know, a, a proportionate response to COVID-19. Completely understand what you're saying, Sam. Uh, but, you know, for most of us, we're not in a position where we can do a lot. Um, maybe there are the Margaret Courts and other people who can who can step up and say some things. Um, but I guess on this show, we're talking about it as as everyday believers around this country. What can we do with our neighbours and our workmates and our and, and our friends and and people that we bump into? And communicate the wonderful hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Because I think, you know, there's one thing in the high level and there's another thing on the ground level. And I'm, I want a groundswell of Christians everywhere in this nation to be spreading the seed of the gospel and spreading hope. And I think we can change the nation from the ground up. And I think eventually when we do that, we see a change in the political sphere as well. Of course, you've got wonderful organizations like ACL and Canberra Declaration and other organisations like that that are working at a at a high level as well and and of course what we can all do is we can also pray we can, and and God hears our prayers prayer is powerful so a uh, few few thoughts for you Sam and Sam uh, great to hear from you and uh, those are good suggestions uh, but there's also tremendous power in being able to equip one another for the ministry of the gospel. And uh, this idea of a grassroots, as you say, Stu, a powerful thing because as listeners to a program like this mm. uh, capture something of those biblical values. And let's just say this, this is not Stu Miller's values or Neil no. Johnson's values. This no. is what we're trying to do. Mm. And uh, you know, sometimes maybe, you know, we fall short. And I know there are a lot of forgiving people out there. Sometimes we may fall short. Sometimes we may push things and overreach a little. But, mm. but hey, you know, what we want to do is point people to 
biblical values yes. so that those timeless issues of our faith mm. uh, can outwork in the lives of individuals in their own families, in their own communities, in their own local churches. And sometimes we have that benefit of of being able to make a national or even international headline with mm. a guest who's on the radio. Uh, but really, the whole focus is going to be, let's get believers who are listening in mm. up to speed so that they can be strong in their faith, so that they can relay those issues of hope that are so necessary as part of the gospel. Taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Karen in Melbourne. Hi, Karen. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, good morning. And God bless you. And God bless you. Uh, I got, I got uh, only a couple of questions to ask you. But first, uh, God's uh, Jesus has helped your your program has been helping me. Good. And so as I've been asking Jesus to help me too, I'm sort of backward now. I'm asking for the ones that are backward. A lot of people go to church. Yes, you give them the Bible. You, you tell them about the biblical words and everything, but some you don't sort of search them out to find out who is reading good and who is reading not. You might go up to somebody and say, could you uh, read a verse from the Bible? Oh, yes, I can. But no, they may not. I Plenty of times when I went to church on the Sabbath, no one come to me and say, well, May or Karen, Karen, uh, would you sit down and read a little bit of a verse from the Bible? No, they don't. I ask God now to ask to help me to read. I got no one to help me or to listen to me to read the Bible. It's good to ask everybody to teach people about the God and Jesus. But if you can't understand it, it's, it's hard. We want to understand, don't we? And, and, you know, if we're talking about those sorts of things, and as the previous caller was, uh, was complimenting in some sense the strength of these sorts of conversations on the radio, uh, Karen, I would just encourage you that one of those parallel ministries that operates under the banner of Vision Christian Media, of course, is the Word for Today. Mm. And a lot of people who are readers of the Word for Today are reading the same scripture or the same soul food reading, or they might read the same passage that the scripture in the Word for Today highlights. And so there is a certain sense in which there's an endeavor there to get everyone on the same page uh, without being manipulative, but it gives people an opportunity to have access to God's word, uh, a brief explanation of what that word, that scripture might be about, and it does do, in some sense, uh, what you're saying. So, Karen, I'd encourage you to get a hold of the word for today and and to, have, uh, to be one who might even hand out those word for todays to your friends, and so you can be on the same page discussing the same scripture. Wonderful thing if you're not... You know, in someone else's living room, you can still do that with your friends. Stu, what are your thoughts for Karen? Yeah, if um, if the issue is struggling to, to, to read and you're wanting someone to read the Bible to you, I mean, obviously church is a great place where hopefully your, your, your pastor is reading a lot of the Word of God as, as he's preaching. Um, but also, um, I don't know whether you have a Bible app. Uh, Bible apps are fantastic for just being able to press play 
because uh, there's audio Bibles in the in the Bible apps, and they can the Word of God can just be played to you. I, I use it every day. I'll play the Bi- the Bible, you know, and it's and it's a wonderful thing to do. So there's there's uh, some ways of doing that, and of course the last point that you made about understanding it's important that we understand these things. I think that's also crucial for us as we're communicating the gospel today. We've been talking a lot about let's you know communicate the hope of Jesus Christ or the, the gospel. How do we do that? Well, I mean, you know, as a as a ministry, this is what we um, are all about. We're training people on how to be able to communicate the gospel clearly without using all the jargon. And and you would have heard me on the show before talk about the G Seven app, but that's another great app that you can put on your phone to communicate the gospel clearly. And if you don't have it already, just go G Seven. It stands for Gospel in Seven. Uh, it's a seven minute presentation of the gospel that you can sit down with a friend, a family member, a workmate, someone. Anyone and just show them the gospel message. Tap it through, communicate the gospel. There's training available. If you're interested in training, we've we've actually been doing some Zoom training, and we I could link you into a, a Zoom training. It's free. Uh, you can contact me through our website, traintoproclaim.com, or just Stu S T U at traintoproclaim.com. Uh, I'd love to link you into a training. Anyone who's listening who would like to be more effective in communicating the hope of Jesus Christ with those around them. Karen, thank you so much for your call. And I think you were reflecting the thoughts of what many listeners might have been thinking. I feel like I'm sometimes on my own. Well, you're not on your own. It's a little bit like Elijah who was in that time of depression and thinking that he was all alone. And, uh, mm. and you know, God assures him that there are 7,000 others who didn't yep. bow the knee to the Baals. And so there is a certain sense in which there's a widespread mm. Christian population in Australia. Mm. And, you know, if we're mobilized together, what a powerful movement that is. Yes. If we're a movement of people who have hope mm. based on the gospel message, and, you know, the gospel message being like a starting point mm. for the rest of your life, hope-filled and uh, filled with a certain sense of optimism because you have the hope of Christ. Those are powerful things. Let's take one more call. Jonathan is on the line in WA. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome. Yes. uh, You know what the other woman was saying about she need helping. You know, the commission go with... Commission go with teaching to observe all things and low eye with you. Isn't... The four or five ministries that I talk about, they talk about teaching too. So I know the response, it is a responsibility of the church to teach. The, the it's resp- the church to teach. The church has got a responsibility to teach. Uh, I love that scripture. Go and low is an always good way to remember. (laughs) Go and low. You know, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And low, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Because what we're talking about here is, well, we talk about this hope that we have. There is a supernatural thing that does happen. This is beyond Mm. uh, our human context. This is how, in some sense, people will actually prove the presence and power of God because they have this Uh, appreciation and access to this supernatural power. Mm. The Holy Spirit is within the believer. Mm. Uh, Your thoughts for Jonathan here? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 teaching is incredibly important, Jonathan. Uh, and that that uh, particularly ministry office of you know of teacher when you're looking at the prophets and and uh, evangelists and pastors and teachers and uh, and um, apostles, of course. 
the fivefold ministry, all of those should be uh, impacting the church and impacting the community. And teaching, I believe, uh, one of the key things teachers need to bring out is opening up the Word of God and saying, why are we here? Mm. <laughs> why do we exist? And really teaching, because uh, many many in the church don't realize that we're, we're not just here to, to sing songs at church and to, to put our money in the pot and wait until we die and go to heaven. We've got a mission, we've got a purpose, we, we need to reach our communities, and, and we'll never get another chance at this. We've got one shot at life. This is not a dress rehearsal. We can't go back and redo this. We can't get a redo on life. This is our chance. This is our moment. And during this COVID-19 crisis, this is a moment that we'll never get back where we have an opportunity right now to reach some people to check in. Do you know what? Uh, Neil, you can you could go even if on social media. If you can't leave your house, if you're in Melbourne, you might be saying to Stu, I can't sit beside someone and share a G7 app with them. Or, you know, I can't even talk with anyone. I can't leave my house. Get on, get on Facebook. Start messaging people. Get on the phone. Make a personal phone call. Text someone. Write a letter. You know, there's so many ways that we can actually communicate the gospel. And just say, ask people, are you okay? How are you doing? Show genuine interest and concern in their lives. And and as they respond to you, say, hey, look, do you do you know about the hope? Of the gospel, and if they say no, there's your opportunity, and you can start sharing with them. You can share your personal testimony. If you've been trained with something like the G7, you can actually communicate the full gospel message, uh, and you can see lives changed. But ultimately, it's God with you, like Neil was saying. It's you know, as we take that step in faith, God will be with you. I know it's hard. I, I know we, we struggle. We go, well, what what will people think? What will people say? You will be surprised that on their response. God is with you and he will help you through and he'll give you the right words. Jonathan, great insight. Thank you so much for your call. And uh, perhaps let's just top off our conversation today, Stu. Uh, Mm. Justin on our Facebook post today responded saying, people seem to be more open to the gospel in times of hardship when they lose hope in worldly things and see that we live in a broken world. Uh, there's mm. this illusion, isn't there, that yes. uh, we can be happy if we have all of those worldly things. Mm. When those things begin to disintegrate, we are going to be looking for those things which are more substantial than the worldly things. And this mm. is where the gospel comes alive mm. because of the power of the gospel. That's right. And that's why it's very important for us not to have this health and wealth sort of a gospel that we're you know, trying to tell people everything's going to go well for you if you come to Jesus because... Actually, it's during times like this when things are not going well that we, uh, you know, the, the gospel's the most powerful because we can communicate hope in the midst of pain and suffering. And uh, yeah, I'd encourage every single person, if you're a Christian here listening today, uh, get a hold of some training and some resources that will help you. If you are not a Christian today or, and you're thinking about these things, I would encourage you to, to check out, uh, go to AnswersAboutLife.com. It's got a seven-minute video on there, and it explains the gospel message really clearly, and it will give you hope. It'll it'll help you to understand what the hope of the Christian message is all about. AnswersAboutLife.com. That's right. And uh, look, we have run out of time, but mm. uh, Train to Proclaim. This is a evangelism organization that you founded, Stu, and mm-hmm. you mentioned there's lots of free resources. Yes. I mean, that word "free" uh, for a lot of people <laughs> is very important, yes. and uh, free resources on how to really get some substance into your Christian walk because a lot of times we feel like it's all about me 
yeah. when we get used to you on, you remind us it's all about others too. And so train to proclaim.com. Mm. You mentioned the G7 app. It's a way that helps you to be able to present a contemporary mm. style uh, presentation of the gospel. Uh, so that others can respond Mm. and discover the hope that we all would recognize today Mm. is there in substance in our lives when we know Christ. We can have an optimism for our future because God Mm. is good. And uh, God is good, and uh, we can share that as a starting point, really, for for introducing others to Jesus. Uh, That Facebook question will continue to take some comments through the day. You could join in on that. Uh, Mm. That message is the message of the gospel more powerful in times of plenty. And when there is restriction or when there is restriction and hardship, you can uh, communicate and you can engage with other listeners to 2020. Stu Miller, always so good getting your insights. Thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.